What's going on, guys? It's Pat and Cam, and we have a very special guest, somebody you don't want to get feet picks from, Dr. Brad Schaefer from Central Park Soul. Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted Podcast with Patrick and Cam. We're focusing early on men's health, looking at your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. You're going to take care of that and make sure you keep on going. Dr. Schaefer, how you doing? I'm well. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're doing good. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate awesome. you taking some time to talk to us in uh, the world. For sure. Got some break in the thief game right now, so <laughs> well, let's we're, rock it. We're definitely happy to have you, and uh, I, I got to say from personal experience, I've had some issues with my feet due to you know ba- playing baseball, wearing cleats. I used to be a huge flip-flop lover, and yeah. I have found out over the years that feet health is super important. So just maybe a quick and dirty to kind of get our, our conversation started um, how can feet health like really just impact your life uh, just day to day? It probably sounds kind of dumb, but, you know, what are some advantages to having the proper footwear? Um, you know, any exercises that you recommend, things like that? We'll just get a, a nice general discussion going. Sure. And, you know, I don't think it sounds dumb at all because, you know, I, I deal with this, you know, all day um, and it's been a big part of my life. And think about it, like our bot, our our feet are our body's natural shock absorbers. We literally go everywhere on these things. So we should take care of them. I mean, literally just give your yourself some love and, you know, give your foot feet some love too. It's super important. So it's, it just starts with every step and, you know, that's not corny at all. So we need to support them and we can support them with really good shoes. Um, you know, when you're playing ball, like good cleats, same thing with soccer players, basketball players need good shoes to be able to hoop. Um, you get inserts in your shoes, you know, you can do the Dr. Scholl's insoles, you know, you can do custom orthotics. I mean, all of these things are super important um, to stabilize us, you know, throughout the day. If we have foot pain, we're not going to be able to work out. We're not able to work out. We're not able to get jacked and, you know, have fun in life and, you know, run around after our kids and stuff. So it's, it's important. Um, And people just need to know that everyone just puts socks and shoes on and covers up their feet. So (laughs) Man, we gotta gotta let them puppies breathe. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of which, how do you feel about walking barefoot? I know that there's a kind of like the whole grounding movement and and barefoot um, exercise and things like that. Is that really do have some kind of benefit, or is it just kind of like unstudied? We don't really know yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm about it, like just in in moderation. Uh, I think I think all of these trends, you know, people can go overboard on them. Um, but everything in moderation is fine. Look, I, I get it. Take your socks and shoes off, get your chakra all oriented and just, you know, play, play with some sand and grass with your toes. I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool, you know, again, in moderation, I wouldn't go running miles on your, on your bare feet, you know, it'll hurt yourself. Um, but that, that's how I believe that's how I was trained. That's how I work out and stuff. Um, supportive shoes and insoles are, are my game. Yeah, I think common sense got to kind of weigh in on this, you know, being we're down here in Tampa, Florida. So we got not today, but we normally got this nice sunny weather, but yeah. running around barefoot downtown Tampa is probably a horrible idea. Aside right. from the asphalt being a thousand degrees, there's going to be glass yeah. everywhere, but you totally. want to go down to the beach, you know, do a nice beach day. Definitely get that, get them feet in the sand, get that salt water. Yes. Yes. I agree. See, I, again, I forget. I just did something recently. I guess there's a trend right now. It's like barefoot, um, barefoot summer. But literally, people are walking around New York City barefoot and in in the subways and stuff. 
So yeah, I mean, aside from like bacteria, it's getting cut, getting infections. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So are you seeing a lot of that influence your practice currently with the uh, barefoot movement? No, okay. not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the trends like you read about and then, you know, they want a podiatrist to weigh in on. So I think it's awesome. I mean, I love to weigh in on it, but my advice is to not do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Especially in the subway. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. You should see them. They're, the soles of their feet are just black. So oh, as a... You know, let's let's kind of maybe walk through a little bit of like what a podiatrist visit comes, uh, you know, looks like. Sorry, like looks like when somebody comes to you. So sure. you have somebody come in. Um, generally, I, I'm sure that there's a ton of different issues that somebody can have. So what part of the body does a podiatrist work on? So is it just the feet? Is it ankle? Do you work up to the knee? I mean, what what is your limit, uh, I guess, of practice? And yep. then... Um, kind of what, what kind of things are you looking for and what kind of tests do you generally run when somebody comes in, maybe first visit? Sure. So, uh, podiatry, foot and ankle surgery back in the day was called chiropody. Uh, all we would do is really, not all we would do, it's still very important. We would take care of nails, you know, skin, warts, different things like that. Then it evolved to podiatrists, which you can take care of really anything below the knee, depending on how you were trained. Now we are surgically trained foot and ankle surgeons. So we go to three and four year residency programs to study surgery. So we really like blew up in terms of just like expertise and skill. And that goes to anywhere below the knee. There's something on the knee called a tibial tuberosity. Um, and we do anything below that. So we can go up to that and below that. But we can't touch the knee. Right. Yeah. Hands, <laughs> think- hands off. Hands off the knee. That's like reserved for the uh, orthopedics, Ortho, right? Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, orthopods, you know, also too, they have foot and ankle surgeons. Um, but, you know, really, they, they're they dedicated to the big guns, like knees, hips, shoulders, things like that. Um, fine by me. Stay. Uh, we'll stay in our lane, and uh, we love doing it. So, yeah, I, I love feet. How about you guys? You guys love feet? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge foot guy, but yeah. I've sucked a toe here and there in my life. Okay. All right. I feel that. Yeah. People, people always ask podiatrists, it's like, do you have a foot fetish? It's like, I mean, I don't know. Like, why would, why would I have a foot fetish? You know, but I know a lot of people do, um, but I personally don't. So I guess it's, like, wow. I guess probably a good question. How did you get into podiatry? I mean, you had to go to medical school. So, and there's a point where everybody in medical school, medical school, or, you know, you have to kind of make a an effort to specialize. Um, what, sure. what brought you to podiatry? It's kind of like you, man, I, I grew up playing baseball, um, lots of different sports. I always used to get taped up before I played. Um, and then whenever I would have an injury down there, I would go to a podiatrist and it was actually a friend of my dad's. So, you know, growing up, I didn't necessarily know that podiatrists did anything more than just that type of stuff. Um, then, you know, once I went into just regular undergrad, I had to research what I wanted to do with my life. And I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University to play base to, yeah, to play baseball and to become a pharmacist because they have a good pharmacy program. They do. And um, throughout like my first year or something, I I just kind of pivoted. I just thought, you know, it just wasn't for me personally. And so I was looking at different schools, um, physician's assistant, medical school, and then podiatry school. So podiatry school is just like being a pharmacist. It's a streamlined program. You don't need to go into medical school, DO school, 
and then decide in there. It's just like, go to this school. You got four years to dedicate time, learn everything below the knee. And then you go to residency again, three or four years, but it, it cuts out a few years, um, which is what I loved. Um, like, look, I love school and everything like that, but I, I don't want to be in there longer than I have to, you know, I mean, I think that makes, two I of do us. not want to yeah, be in definitely there long, longer <laughs> than three I have of us. to. You know? That yeah, definitely resonates because some of those, Jeez. some of those medical residencies are ridiculous. And my first blocks of uh, rotations was with the VA and uh, with infectious disease, there were some guys yeah. there who were on like five, six years residency past school. I could, I know like they were younger than I was. So luckily still have the time, but that's, that's insanity. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then you go even further and it's like, then you're fellowship trained and it's like the training just never stops. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's great. We need people to be trained and trained and yes. trained and trained. I think it's fantastic, but it's just not for me. You know, I, I wanted to go into my specialty, crush it. And then I wanted to, you know, become trained specifically each year on that rather than learn other things um, surgically wise that I wasn't going to practice when I got out. So I I knew I wanted to be a foot surgeon, became a foot surgeon. Respect. So That's it. <laughs> Cam and I knew we wanted to be drug dealers, I guess. So That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but so kind of to circle back. So I, I come in and I'm like, hey, Dr. Schaefer, you know, my foot hurts. Yeah. Right? What exactly, I, you know, what exactly are the steps? Maybe just the test. I mean, you don't have to diagnose anything, obviously, but what are the things that you look for? Maybe if uh, we do this, just if our audience has ever had any pain issues, something like, or they have sure. an issue with their foot, just to know what to expect at a visit like this. So yep, can absolutely. you walk us through a little bit of that? For sure. You know, when you go to a podiatrist, you're going to have just a general HMP, that's history and physical. Um, you know, that encompasses everything from a, a foot exam, a biomechanical exam, which has you walk around, you're like a gait exam and everything to x-rays. And then we go into your x-rays, dive into what your bones look like, um, see if you have any, you know, history, you know, with your family, and then moving on to if you have any pain. But I, I kind of think it's like the dentist, like you go to your dentist every six months, or at least you should. I think you should go to your podiatrist every six months, get your feet checked, you know, skin, bacteria, fungus, all these things that can be cut off at the pass. Um, and then you can get an x-ray exam that can cut off bunions, hammer toes, you know, pes planus, which is flat feet. All of this stuff can be um, preventable, supported, um, and then fixed down the road if need be. Oh, yeah. So uh, some things we like to kind of mark on, too, is some flags that some people might want to look for themselves to kind of hit to them that they need to go to see a doctor, um, see a podiatrist. So obviously pain's a big one, but what are some other flags that your patients you know, may have that kind of triggers them to tell them we need to go see somebody. Um, I think a lot of people in the foot game, it's like, you know, pain starts with either like Achilles, ankle sprains, heel pain, which is called plantar fasciitis. Also arch pain is right along with that. Um, a lot of people or kids come in with flat feet and they just want to be supported because they have foot pain with that. And then it moves up to the front of the foot. You know, you have your classic hammer toes and bunions. Um, a lot of what I deal with too is, you know, bunion deformities. Bunions can be unsightly and they can be super painful. So a lot of people, if they get, take care of it, you know, you know, from the start, you get preliminary x-rays supported. You know, you can see what procedures are out there, which are amazing procedures nowadays. And then you can figure out what the patient wants before it gets too late. Um, and I think that is the best thing that you guys said too. It's preventative. 
I mean, we're here for preventative medicine too. Um, now, if the surgery, a surgical option is needed, we do that and we can figure that out. But yeah, baseline x-rays, general foot exams. Um, so yeah, man, fungal toes, heel pain, bunions and hammer toes. <laughs> Those are like the, the main things. That's our trifecta. No one, no one wants gross looking feet. No, definitely not. And especially, you know, being men, we don't like to go to seek help anyway. So it's always yeah. good to kind of have some kind of cue to like, oh, I kind of see this now. I should probably talk to somebody. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. So I, I know as people age, generally, they get more and more susceptible to, you know, toe fungus, uh, like the yellow toenail. Don't really know what the official diagnosis is. Are, are there some ways uh, as people age to potentially prevent these type of issues? You know, is there a particular kind of soap or cleaning regimen? Um, any any kind of uh, tips and tricks for those type of issues? Sure. Uh, tonal fungus is called onychomycosis or tinea ungum. Uh, and, you know, really just starts out with a baseline check, nail clipping, scent the pathology to confirm fungus. Um, super easy, painless. Um, then you start off like maybe a topical. If it's really bad, you do an oral, which is called lamisil or terbinafine. Um, and then there's laser therapy. That's a really good one, too. You can zap the tops of the nails, usually done in three sessions. Um, but then when the nails grow in, they grow in without that fungus. That's so awesome. it removes, like the nail would be removed? Sometimes, if if the nail's really bad, um, I sometimes advise to just start fresh. So you can remove the toenail hopefully have it grow back in clean, but usually there's some underlying fungus in there. So it's either taken oral, you know, once it's removed too, or uh, you can do laser therapy once it starts growing back in. So you can get it nice and smooth. Do you feel like, but those are like the three. I got you. Yeah. Do you feel like that population of patients has some other underlying issues that potentially causes the fungal uh, infection or, or bacterial infection? Like, you know, diabetic foot infections, they, they have a comorbidity. So would you say that, are these things generally accompanied with another comorbidity or can they just kind of happen spontaneously due to lack of hygiene, et cetera? A lot of patients that we see as podiatrists are diabetic. So they do have um, some gnarly nails due to like their underlying, you know, history and stuff. Diabetes affects the nails in different ways than other people. Um, and a lot of time it's due to like, you know, your, your crazy sugars and, you know, maybe some weight gain and then that affects your feet, you know, that develops in a neuropathy, you know, tingling, numbing, burning sensation. And, you know, sometimes you just don't check your feet as much as, as you do. And diabetics are a little more prone to that, but I would say, you know, a lot of people, like you could be as healthy as could be and still develop toenail fungus. Like if you go to a gym or you're an MMA fight or something like that, like, you can get fungus pretty darn quick. Um, and it's really just warm, moist environments and, you know, fungus grows. I know it's not the sexiest thing in the world to talk about, but hey, man, a lot of people freaking have this. So, yeah, it starts like in a little corner. Again, like that's why you get your feet checked, um, you know, and then then expands all your nails. Then it, I'm not going to say it's too late, but it's an uphill battle. So then let me let me pick your brain about this. Um, and my the veterans who listen to this will enjoy this. So. Um, in the Marine Corps, obviously, your feet are very important. You're on top of those things all the time. We would do marches where you're going, you know, lots of miles. And oftentimes, so like a boot camp here in South Carolina, or maybe you're stationed somewhere here on the East Coast where it rains all the time, you get wet. And they would have you stop 
probably a couple miles into it, you would take a break and sit down and then they would have you change your socks into the same boots. So do you think it's beneficial to take your dry, to take wet socks off, put dry socks on, and then put your dry foot into a wet boot again? Or would it be better just to keep the wet environment until you finish? Uh, no, definitely would not be advised, in my opinion, to keep it in a wet environment. Um, I, I hear you, but you're still airing it out and kind of letting it recharge a bit. The, the fresh sock will help. Now, look, I mean, is the, is the boot soaked? They're usually you soaked, know? yeah. Okay. I mean, if it's soaked, then... Oh, dude, I don't know. I just never understood I mean, it. I was like, what are you going to do? Bring... going to get wet uh, again. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Bring another pair of boots? I don't know. Uh that's a tough one, man. It's it's a tough one. It just I mean, like I'm sure the Marine known. I'm sure the Marine Corps and stuff had to prove this, like with tests. You don't think? No, most likely not. The years, like they kind of will just do stuff and like they didn't perform an exam a, a test subjects and stuff. I don't know. No, nah, guarantee not that they can recall for when, when they're yelling at us. So <laughs> I can yeah. picture like a drill sergeant yelling at you to Take your foot out of a wet boot and put a dry sock on. Yeah, like you're, you're sitting. It's weird. Like yeah. you're sitting in a formation, and then like you get like a piece of fruit, and then you got to change your socks, and you got like five minutes or whatever. So you're sitting there like eating a banana, putting on dry socks, and then you're like now because now you're dreading that like, you have to shove your your dry sure. foot now in the wet boot again. And yeah. it's never made any sense. I mean, I don't recall really seeing any major concerns with like fungal growth. Uh, they are very. Yeah. They're very meticulous with with the hygiene on that. So like we wear shower sure. shoes when we're in the bathrooms and then Smart. We do hygiene checks all the time. So they are keeping an eye on it, but it just seems suspicious to me. Yeah. I wish I could speak intelligently on that. I just feel like I'll defer to the Marine specialist. With that. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah, in the like, real world, you know, in the real world, put yourself a dry shoe on and you'll be a lot better. Yeah. So Dr. Uh, Brad, Dr. Brad Schaefer says, do not do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Marines army. Like, no, no, no. I, that's I a quick know. way to get punched in the face. So, yeah. yeah don't, don't, sure. tell, don't tell anybody yeah. your drill instructor, drill sergeant. Don't tell them that. Yep. No, I get it for sure. Oh man. That, uh, I, that I defer. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That, uh, that excerpt kind of reminded me, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Bull Durham, one of my favorite movies of all time. And same. Uh, I, I modeled my I was played catcher. I modeled my catching career off of Crash Davis. Yeah. And and his character. <laughs> so sure. Um he was like, you know what? You have fungus on your shower shoes. It means yeah. you're a fucking slob. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he's like, You yeah. win 20 in the show, you can let the fungus grow back, and the press will think you're colorful. I just yeah. <laughs> that was like my favorite line and that that whole thing just like really resonated that with me just yeah, now no, that's awesome shoes <laughs> that's fantastic yeah no i love that movie it's it's probably one of my top three movies of all time so sure. i think we grew up the same way with with that baseball background for sure yeah you gotta love that yeah. major league all that stuff but, oh yeah so as um as a podiatrist when when you see a patient and you know, they're asking you, okay, maybe you, you help fix an issue or there's some kind of preventative, uh, you know, help. Are there any exercises that you recommend for people to do to kind of help strengthen the foot and, and the Achilles and the tendons? There's, and if you ever look at like a diagram of the foot, there's just tons and tons of little bones, little ligaments, every, muscles, everything in there. And so I'm sure it's a meticulous place to work. Um, what kind of exercises do you recommend for for your clients or for your patients? 
you know, it's all interconnected. So, you know, that classic wall stretch, take a towel, stretch the front of your foot out. Um, you know, you could do exercises like, you know, toes down, toes up, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion type things. Roll a ball on the bottom of your feet to just massage your plantar fascia. Again, like your calf goes into your Achilles, it goes into your heel bone, which is called your calcaneus, which goes into your plantar fascia to the front of the feet. That's all tight. You might start getting some hammer toes. You might start getting some bunion deformities. So, yeah, I mean, stretching is key. I stretch all the time because I just feel like it cuts off injuries um, a lot faster. Like before I work out, I make sure I stretch. After I, I work out, I don't stretch you know as much as I should, but I really dedicate time to stretching before and after my workouts and throughout a day. I'll literally be just like, just say hailing a cab in New York City. I like stretch on the curb. <laughs> You know, like we just stretch my cap out and my Achilles, you know, I'm bored anyway. So I just think it's important to do all that. Yeah, you're definitely living the gimmick. I mean, you're the representative of uh, foot health. So I guess you got to yeah. live it. Well, I do it with everything. I mean, I I, right. I literally stretch all the time. I, <laughs> I just feel... think it's important. It's like the baseball stretch. You're just walking around doing all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm not even pitching. <laughs> but yes yeah, I, I stretch it all out yep gotta stay limber limber for the kids you know right <laughs> so have you found that um patients coming in do you feel like there's a particular population do you feel like men don't come and see you as often or you know just to kind of educate the men out there do you feel like you have more women coming to see you like what what's kind of like your patient population look like and then if you do see any barriers with men what do you think they are I see a good amount. I mean, I, I would say I do, I do see more women. Um, again, like, you know, women are in high heel shoes sometimes and, you know, issues can arise because of shoe gear. Um, so a lot of the female patients that I see, you know, they have, you know, ball of foot pain, which is metatarsalgia, like fat pad atrophy. They have hammer toes or bunions because they're trying to fit into, you know, different shoes. Men, sometimes they don't come in unless they really hurt themselves, you know, ankles, um, you know, basketball players sprain their ankles or different type of sports injuries like that. A lot of Achilles issues with men, um, a lot of fungal issues, too, um, with men like you think that guys won't come in to get their feet checked if they have fungus and stuff. No, they come in a good bit. Um, you know, a lot of people go to get pedicures and stuff. You get fungus all the time from these places. So like we see, we do see a lot of that. I mean, warts, you know, listen, if, if you're a dude and you're walking around with a wart, that thing is going to fester and grow into a cluster of warts. They are coming to see somebody. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's probably more women than I see than men, but no, nah, I'd say it's pretty equal. And um, there's not a lot of shame in, in the, in the men game when it comes to their feet from what I see. Um, thankfully. We're not as boneheaded as you think. <laughs> well, that's a little bit of light then. Cause yeah, definitely. I mean, also could be just the environment. Cause I wonder, you know, how different that may be compared like the Midwest or, you know, middle America, how often they, well, population size, I guess, but yeah, it's going to vary across the country. Um, sure. Do you are, do most of the patients you see, are they in like, uh, you know, not poking specific demographics, but they seem to be in jobs where they're wearing like dresser shoes or do you see a lot more boots, like people who wear boots to work? There's a shoe type so, really kind of drive it. Yeah, I would say like, okay, let's just talk about area. Um, you know, just say you're more Midwest, you know, or, you know, country. 
a lot of men and women will wear like cowboy boots or boots. They're not necessarily the most comfortable shoes. But then again, when you're walking around town or walking to a store, you might be in like a just a, a regular athletic sneaker. Like Skechers are are big um, and shoes like that. And they're just comfortable. Um, they're not the most supportive thing in the world. But um, you might not be developing the type of deformities that we were talking about earlier as like women in high heeled shoes every day, you know, things like that. I, I don't know, man. I, I think just if you're predisposed to having a foot issue, let's just say like bunions, hammer toes, things like that, it's going to come. If you don't stretch a lot, you're going to have Achilles tendonitis. You're going to have plantar fasciitis. Um, you know, you walk around outside, you walk around in the gym, you're going to develop warts, fungus, different things like that. So it really doesn't matter where you are. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my answer to that, but yeah, you're, you're right on that. I, I agree. It's it, there is a difference. People near people near a beach, they have different issues than people in the North, you know? So I hear you. So you mentioned Skechers as a brand, um, you know, being, being in the medical field, you know, oftentimes we're all standing on our feet for, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Are there like, what brand do you wear? Like, is there certain brands you recommend or certain ones you stay away from? Sure. I, I kind of say it like this. Uh, if I'm running or doing different things, I'll do like a Brooks or an Asics. Um, if I'm walking around, you know, different places, like I like Hoka's. Um, there's a cool company called Gedify too. It's like propels you. Um, forward with like a little spring in the heel. I think that's a great company. Um, all of these shoes are solid. Like on clouds are really good. I, I have a pair of those. I have a pair of Yeezys too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just depends. I know. And I put like inserts in, in the shoes, you know, like Dr. Soul's insoles. And if I, you put those in all your shoes, your shoes are going to be a lot better. So the same thing with like Skechers. Literally, that's just like a gel memory foam in a lot of Skechers. But people love them because they're comfortable. You know, that's why people love Yeezys is because they're they're comfortable. It's like putting on a sock. I know the designer behind the brand is is not, you know, in vogue and he's a ridiculous thing, uh, things that happen with that. But the shoes are cool and they're comfortable, you know. So, like, if you're supported, you know, with your insoles in there, I think you can make, like, a sock shoe or just a comfortable shoe even better, you know, to support your foot. If you have a deformity, getting a custom orthotic is, like, the best. You know, so you can do that too. And if you throw that in the Brooks, Asics, you know, Hoka's, hit that. It's like a game changer. I, I wear them all the time. I'll say, yeah, I'll support the Brooks as well because I use I have my running like shoes. Brooks. They're ugly, yeah. but man, they, yeah. they're, like, they're 80 style, but they do feel great um, yeah. when you're running around. So you're, you talked about the inserts. So I have actually have like, uh, you know, those machines they have at the store where you stand on them and it kind of like Dr. Scholl's machine tells you which one to get. Yeah. Um, I got some of those and I've only been able to put them in one pair of shoes. So like, are you, should you like go up a size and shoe when you, when you're buying those? Cause there never seems to be enough like top space in the shoe to have an insert and my foot. Sure. Um, so I wear Dr. Scholl's too, and I think they're awesome. And I, I'm able to fit them in a lot of my shoes. Um, there are different versions. So you can get some for dress shoes, you can get some for work shoes and then working out performance-based insoles. So it really just depends like which custom fit um, insole that you got. Um, but it's great. I mean, you stand there, you see your pressure points, you know? So yeah, they, they really compensate for that. And to have that in like, you know, the CVS, Walgreens, you know, different places like that, I think it's really helpful to people. Um, 
as far as going up a size now, I, like loosening up the laces, different things, strengthening the top rather than the whole lace um, construct. You can get them in a lot of things. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. I do have a question. I think this is, I think it's a trend that's coming back. I do a lot of yoga. So the people nice. I'm around are big yogis and they all have their weird trends sometimes. Um, yeah. toe, toe spacers. They, <laughs> they always slide. ask about these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. So you, uh, I'll tell our audience real quick if they don't know. It's like this, it looks like a ladder. It's like a foam or rubber ladder and you put it yeah. on your feet and it spaces each one of your toes out. So thoughts on those? Do they provide benefit? Have you tried them yourself? I put them on one time and I was, I didn't feel anything. So sure. they said I had good feet. So I was like, okay, well, cool. Yeah. I have tried them. I, I feel like I, I want to try everything out there just to see what my patients deal with and you know why, and I, so I can speak intelligently on it. This is the answer, right? Those things are good. If you're maybe have tired feet after a long day and you just want like a little breather down there to stretch that area out, but it's not going to fix or prevent an issue. So if you have a bunion, you're not going to fix it with yoga toes um, or the toe, toe spacers. You're just not going to do it. They're going to feel good while you're wearing it because it's going to literally take, you know, an issue and just spread it out. So that area can breathe, get blood flow, stop the nerves from pinching in that area. You know, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, but it's not going to fix anything. Prove me wrong, you know, yoga toes, whatever, but they're good in moderation and can help. So that's all I have to say about that, but they're I mean, cool. If they yeah. feel good, I think, I think they feel good. Yeah. I did. I tried them one time and I really didn't feel anything, but my yeah. toes are kind of just spread out. Oh, you know, you, have, you anyway, have perfect so. feet. So, right. You know. They were like, Oh yeah, your feet are good. I'm yeah. like, Oh, well, we're talking to a podiatrist soon, so I'm sure yeah. he'll be the judge of that. I'm, I'm surprised you don't have. I'm surprised you don't mess up feet as a catcher. Uh, you know what? the The worst thing about playing catcher, everybody thought it was going to be my Achilles and my knees, but the worst yeah. thing is my hips. I like. Okay, hips, I can see that too. My hips are. They have gotten better. I've um, recently discovered some hip exercise programs that really help. I will say, for a long time after like right after i stopped playing baseball my knees did give me some issues and when it on the rare times that it got cold in florida or if i was up north i would definitely feel it but my feet are are good the biggest thing that got that got my feet was um i used to love like slides like the little okay. like sandal slides like those adidas slides sure. with the little yeah um spiky things on them yeah man i used to wear those things every damn day and yeah. eventually it just caught up with me and got plantar fasciitis pretty bad. Right. And I went to go see a podiatrist and they were like, dude, stop wearing those fucking things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, now in moderation yeah. again, like I wear them around the house. I, I wear the same exact things with the little spikes and uh -huh. I, I love them, but really it's just, you know, to, so I don't walk on hardwood floors, you know, when I'm walking around the house. Um, but I don't really wear them out for long distances. Like you probably wore them to and from class and stuff. There was no yeah. such thing as moderation was, with these things. It was gosh. like, if I wasn't wearing cleats or turf shoes, I was wearing those. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I got the doc scared guys. He's oh, like, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah, it cost, house, me yeah. To, uh, 
Yeah, it was all the time. And it caused me to have a really bad bout of plantar fasciitis. I had to wear the boot while I slept and like yeah. kick my, have it like kicks your foot back and they tie it back. Like you have to yeah, tie yeah, it. Night it splints. Night yeah, splints. it was yeah. awful. So uh, don't wear those all the time, kids. Yeah. Yeah, not all the time for sure. I agree. <laughs> you do not feel like me. Yeah. So yeah. Dr. Sh- so Dr. Schaefer, is there anything that you, you know, as we kind of wind down here a little bit, I know it's on your lunch break and we're definitely grateful to have you, but is there anything, you know, that we didn't cover or that you see typically in your practice that you feel like people should know about right off the gate about podiatry, foot health, anything? Sure. I just think that, you know, people need to know, it's just like we brought up earlier. Like when you see a podiatrist for an overall foot check, you're going to try to cut things off at the pass. You know, if you have that plantar fasciitis, you can make sure it doesn't steamroll into other things and then it can create a bigger issue. So when you see something, preventative medicine is key. If you have issues, you know what I mean? Like we were talking about earlier, there are so many state-of-the-art things out there to help patients nowadays. Regenerative medicine is huge. I do a ton of that in my practice. That's platelet-rich plasma injections, laser therapy. All of these things are game changers to medicine, whether it be, you know, in your pitching, elbow, shoulder, knees, all of that stuff can really help you. There are a bunch of cutting edge, like surgical procedures, if you need a lot of minimal invasive surgical procedures out there. I do a ton with bunions, a ton with podiatrists and bunions. Obviously it's like our bread and butter. There's an awesome procedure that's called a lapoplasty procedure. And that's a 3d bunion correction. It's amazing. It lasts and it has literally revolutionized the bunion game. So I do that a lot and I'm super, super passionate about it. There's just so much stuff out there that is advanced in foot health. And if you go and get your checkup, we'll advise you, you know, what your next steps are. You know, if you don't like something cosmetically, we got you. You don't want like something structurally, we got you. If you need some insoles in your shoes, we got you. So there's a bunch of stuff, man. Like, you know, you just, there's no shame in it, whether it be male or female, go in there, get your feet checked out. We see, we see everything. I've seen some gnarly ass feet gnarly i mean smelly just wild looking and literally nails that would like pop your eye out so we've seen everything you know so don't be ashamed of it. it's not a big deal i can imagine That's, up in new york oh go ahead cam yeah. it's probably a pretty good career to get into if you got a foot fetish and you want to kind of like change that if you feel embarrassed by it because you probably see some stuff that just take you off that rail Oh my gosh. I could, I could only imagine. Yeah. I don't, I don't find feet sexy like that, but if, if I did, I probably wouldn't after I got through residency <laughs> for sure. Either that or it I just you. accelerate your fetish and just. Oh geez. Yeah. Right. Then yeah, you really, you really go in like the dark web of foot fetish. Right. <laughs> You're like, Oh, fungus. Oh, right. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's that's hysterical. I know. Just hurt, just hurt me inside. <laughs> So uh, I, I really like that there are all these advances. I mean, we as we do this podcast, we learn more, more and more about medicine and different types of procedures that, you know, medicine's evolving all the time and, and new advances are coming out. And I'm sure, you know, you guys have certain guidelines that you have to follow. We have to follow medication guidelines for different things and, and stuff like that. So um, how often would you say that the field of podiatry really advances, I mean, year to year? 
I think medicine in general evolves every year and advances. I would say you really see major shifts and changes. I don't know, like every seven to 10. Um, I, I don't have like evidence or science sure. you know, backing that, but it's just kind of what I see. I was in residency like 10 years ago. So I think just like what, what I studied in residency to what it is now is crazy. Um, just the advances, like I'm very well trained on some of the newer procedures out there. I just think it's important, especially when you're starting your own practice, um, you want to be like at the forefront. That's why I try like the yoga toes or I try like, you know, the, the foot baths and like baby feet, which, you know, you can put these little socks on and like exfoliates your feet. You know, it's wild. Like you look like a, a snake, like the skin just flakes off, but it feels good. It's refreshing. Um, so I try, I try all of that stuff. Um, you know, just so I'm, you know, intelligent when my patients come in, but yeah, as far as surgical, surgical stuff is concerned, I really want to be at the forefront of that. So that's why I keep up on my education and, um, you know, all my skills. That's awesome. Do you yeah. do, do you provide any recommendations? I know that once you're seeing a podiatrist, you might have some comorbidities. You ever fire any recommendations in there? Like, Hey man, you got to watch that blood sugar, this, you know, this neuropathy is getting really bad and, uh, you know, things like that, that I think it's relatable. Cam and I would see similar things, uh, as far sure. as, you know, helping patients manage diabetes, et cetera. So you, can you fire off of some recommendations that you're yeah, practice? Listen, you have to, um, you know, or, or you wouldn't be a doctor as far as, you know, we're concerned things with the feet, diabetes is, is the main thing that we see neurological issues. So you just do a general pinprick sensation vibration sensation, uh, with the feet and the ankles just to make sure it's not traveling. Um, and yeah, sugars is baseline conversation. What are your sugars? Are you managing it? Is your diet, you know, appropriate? Um, talk about obesity a ton too. That's a really awkward conversation to have with somebody, but you know, if like you're having foot issues, you just gained 50 pounds, you know, like my Nana, she, she was a little overweight when I used to talk to her about certain things, just about health. She used to say, you know, you lift, carry a 45 pound weight up that hill. She goes, I do that every day. She goes, if, if you drop that 45 pound weight, she goes, I, I would feel like light as a feather. You know, you put a, you put a, um, you know, weight at the end of your bat, you swing that, you feel like you're Paul Bunyan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a big difference. So there's a lot of things that we talk to patients about. Um, but yeah, arthritis is huge in, in our world too. So you really can cut arthritis off at the past by looking at the x-rays, talking about rheumatoid, osteo, psoriatic. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of things with that. So I talk to my patients a lot about arthritis, diabetes, um, obesity. They're probably like the main, the main things. Yeah, but I said they all kind of go hand in hand, unfortunately, when it comes down to your lower joints and those shock absorbers that we talked about earlier. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, feet have a lot of issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. Well, Dr. But, Schaefer, it is uh it's been a pleasure to have you on. And uh, you know, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Um, we know having you know your own practice stuff is very busy. Uh, is there anywhere where our audience can check you out, social media, anything you care to disclose? And we'd be happy to put that in the, the description of the podcast as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And, you know, you can find me, my practice at www.centralparksoul, that's S-O-L-E.com. And I'm on 85th and Central Park West in New York City. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, doctor spelled out dot Bradley. Um, do a lot of things on there, you know. 
far as health and wellness, podiatry game, just overall lifestyle, you know, just try to try to live right and, you know, practice what I preach seriously. Yeah, so. we definitely uh, we gave you a follow because I know you. Oh, thank I, you. I was creeping on your page a little bit before we uh, <laughs> before we met you, just to kind of nice. see what you do. So there's definitely some sure. good education on there, and um, recommend to definitely go follow Dr. Bradley just because he's got a lot of good info. He's a well trained doc, and he could probably prevent you from having some pretty serious foot issues. Just so, don't send unsolicited foot pics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dr. yeah there there are on? different different websites for that. <laughs> well yeah, absolutely thank you so much for coming on and uh hopefully you can catch you again soon yeah for sure guys thank you so much for having me thank you Later, take it easy. thank you yep